0: You've been seeing through the day on your TV channels the Prime Minister inaugurating the Mumbai Trans Harbour Link. Mumbai Trans Harbour Link, which is now called Atal Sedu. You know all the details 22 kilometers connecting the island city of Mumbai with the, with the mainland of Maharashtra or the mainland of Mumbai or what is called as Navi Mumbai. This is supposed to open up a whole new world, both for Mumbai, the island city, and also for the rest of the state, for the mainland as well. That said, why is it so significant? We know that this is India's largest bridge of any kind, bridge over water. It's a huge causeway, 22, 22, 23 kilometers, 22 kilometers, in fact, almost exactly, of which 16.5 kilometers is over water. It's not a small deal, it's quite a big deal. And this has been done, this has been completed within five years of construction having started. In fact, within six years of the award having been given for construction. And that is despite the disruption of at least a total of 12 months of work because of COVID. Quite remarkable, this has been done. Now, this takes me back, first of all, why is it a big deal? Is it a big deal? Of course, it's a big deal. Any big infrastructure project coming up is a big deal anywhere. Look at China. Every infrastructure project that comes up is celebrated because that is is the country's big strength. But also because in India, this this needs to be celebrated because in India, it's particularly difficult to build infrastructure projects. Because what happens is all kinds of issues come up. Litigation comes in. Land acquisition is an issue. Environmental challenges come in. Courts get involved, special interest groups get involved, rival bidders get involved, all kinds of things happen. And in Mumbai, with several of the projects, these, this tamasha has been happening. So, today's Cut the Clutter, will talk about a little bit about MTHL or Atal Setu, as it's now going to be called, which, which has been inaugurated today. But also, the other key infrastructures in Mumbai and how they've struggled over the years, And the stage at which they are today, in fact, I'm happy to note that most of them are making very good progress now after many years of delays. Now, I do take you back to one of the conferences that the CII, Confederation of Indian Industry and World Economic Forum host in Delhi, their annual India conference. And at that conference, I remember this is before he joined the government under UPA2, Nandan Nilikani was one of the panelists and he was asked by somebody in the audience, what do you think does India need most of all right now or the first thing that India needs? And he said, India needs three things, infrastructure, infrastructure and infrastructure. Now, that has taken too long coming coming up in India. Under this government, I would say we have to acknowledge that at least the physical, heavy, visible, physical infrastructure has been coming up everywhere. Besides that, Also, since we just mentioned Nandan Dilikani, besides that also the software infrastructure, the IT infrastructure, the India stack, that's also been coming up. So, those are the two big contributions. However, building physical infrastructure in India, given all the challenges I had listed for you earlier, is that much more difficult. And that's why this project coming up now in time after the award, 2016 it was clear, 2017 is it was awarded, Jan 2024 it's been inaugurated. So, once again, the Prime Minister, his usual boast is that we inaugurate the projects, we laid the foundation stone off. The other side of the story is that he might have laid the foundation stone of these projects and he's also finishing them within his tenure and inaugurating them, which is creditable. The other side of the story is that many of these projects, in fact, all of these projects, particularly in Mumbai, were planned, and envisaged. Also, there was a lot of work done in the earlier era, mostly in the Congress and CP era. And then either they didn't move forward or, or they got stalled or in some cases they were abandoned because there were doubts about whether to do A or do B. Is A better or B better? And also, Maharashtra and Mumbai have multiple agencies. I will give you a little laundry list as we go along. There is MMRDA, MSRDC, BMC, MMRC. It's it's quite an alphabet soup of acronyms. I I, I will take you through those as we go along. So they would fight amongst themselves. And there was also a time, particularly in the Congress, NCP era, when the two key ministries, the two key infrastructure ministries, that, that is MMRDA and MSRDC, They were always under different parties. MMRDA was always under the Congress, usually under the chief minister, because chief minister was always from the Congress. And MSRDC, which is Maharashtra State Road Development Corporation, that, by the way, is Nitin Gadkari's brainchild. This came up when he was a very young PWD minister. And its first big project was also India's first big highway or expressway built by the private sector, the BOT Expressway, that is the Mumbai Pune Expressway. That that was the first one, the toughest to do, but once it got built, it set an example for the rest. That said, in the Congress NCP era, the two agencies were always under different parties, different coalition partners, and there was always competition and there was always rivalry and they were fighting each other. And there are other organizations as well. I will will take you through them as I promised. Look at the MTHL itself, which has been inaugurated today. That is the Mumbai Trans Harbour Link, conceived in 1970s. I have all these details thanks to our our senior colleague in Mumbai, Mansi Fadke, who is in charge of our coverage, not just in Maharashtra, also besides Maharashtra, Gujarat and Tamil Nadu. So she is one of my senior most colleagues. On the print, and you see her often, you read her stories often, and some of her stories I will share with you with the description of this of, of this episode. Also, she has done some videos on these projects, including on MTHL. I will share those links also with you. So thank you, Mansi. Now MTHL was conceived in 1970s, but some saw it in 1970s. I bridge to nowhere because nothing was happening in Navi Mumbai anyway. It'll be a waste of time and it'll it was forgotten. So Remember, all great ideas were initially dismissed as useless and forgotten. Now, you might say that maybe in 1970s, it would have cost too much money. Engineering was not so advanced. Technologies were not so good. And it's a good thing that we did not attempt doing it there and it was forgotten. Now, the fact is, it might have been forgotten in the 1970s, but we only remembered it in 2004. By that time, the Chinese had built many such, in fact, even bigger ones, In their country, not just that, see what the feverish pace at which the Chinese had been connected Hong Kong with the mainland. If you've been to Hong Kong, you know, there's a Hong Kong side, which is the island city, very much like Mumbai. In fact, that's the reason I use that example. Mumbai, Mumbai, an island city like Hong Kong, and then the mainland on the other side. In Hong Kong, it used to be the Kowloon side. Kowloon was part of the Chinese mainland. Beyond that, beyond that, connectivity wasn't so much. But as the Chinese built that connectivity, long causeways, they built a new airport. Hong Kong earlier used to have a toy airport. Toy airport, an airport so small, Kaitak, as it was called, an airport so small that the joke used to be that when you're coming into land, you can not just, you can not just count the number of undies drying on people's clotheslines. Because it came through those apartment buildings. But you could even check out the brands and the size of that underwear. That's an exaggeration and a joke. But really, you could fly into landing at Kaitak checking out people's laundry on both sides. This was that congested. The Chinese, on the other hand, kept on feverishly building connectivity onwards to, to their mainland. Kowloon was was at at the edge of their mainland, but that's how they opened out the area called New Territories, if you've been to Hong Kong. That's where the new airport was built. So again, there was a causeway built to the new airport and the new airport at that point, people said, it's too big, it'll be wasteful. But in the course of time, we have now seen that that airport has been a big engine of growth, not just for Hong Kong, but for all of China. That's how infrastructure is built. We took too long in 2004, once again, 30 plus years after the thought first came up, it resurfaced again in 2004. Then then it was again conceived as a connection between Mumbai and Navi Mumbai, because the only connection so far was a set of bridges over the Thane Creek. See this map of Bombay, it will give you a general idea. So you crossed the Thane Creek. You went that far if you were going from going from South Mumbai or South Bombay, then to uh, to Navi Mumbai. You went that far to Thane Creek, then turned and then came back into Navi Mumbai. It just took too long. And if you were just a commuter, sometimes you took a ferry also at the usual ferry speed, etc., etc. So really, connectivity was very poor, and that's why Mumbai's growth was confined to the island city, which was expanding all by going vertical, going upwards, to which also there were limitations. One of those great limitations was also the size of the Mumbai airport, around which the city had now grown. So, it's not as small as the Kai Tak airport was in Hong Kong, but it's quite small in terms of the needs of, of Mumbai, the city, of the region, also for cargo cargo traffic. And Mumbai needed another airport. The only place, only a place an airport could be built was not in the Mumbai island city, but someplace else. And the most practical place was reckoned to be in Nami, Mumbai. Now for that airport to be viable, it needed a better connectivity, faster, more efficient, less congested connectivity with the island city of Mumbai. That's why this transharbour link became even more viable and and even more urgent need. In 2004, bids were called out. Ireland FS, the unfortunately the notorious Island FS, made a bid, but it did not go forward. And thank God for that, because almost every project that Ireland FS got into, as we know by now, got into trouble. In fact, it became a scam, and people are still picking up the debris of all those scams and all those disasters. So mercifully, Island FS was not given this offer. This, this project. 2005, MSRDC called the bids and that's where the rivalry begins. MSRDC called the bids more than once. The process went on from 2005 to 2009. The two Ambani brothers submitted bids against each other. The process was scrapped as the bids were found to be unrealistic. That's because Anil Ambani group quoted a concession period of nine years and Mukesh Ambani quoted 75 years. That is the number of years they needed to collect told to recover their costs and profits. So one quoted 75 years, one quoted only 9 years. Obviously, one with 9 years would have got it. But that was considered impractical or unviable. And that's why this bid was scrapped. MSRDC itself estimated that concession period should be no more than 35 years, but 35 years, not not 9 years or 10 years or 12 years. At that point, the cost was reckoned to be Around 4,000 crores. Today, as we know, this cost has come to 17,843 crores. Then what happens? Now, MSRDC fails to get bids for it. MSR, MSRDC also invited fresh bids after after scrapping the two Amani brothers' bids that, that round. 13 companies showed interest in the next round, but nobody submitted a bid. At that point, the project was handed over to MMRDA by, from, from MSRDC. This, this this was in 2012 when a fresh bidding process started. Six consortiums submitted pre-qualification bids, but not even one submitted the final bid. The cost by now was 8,800 crores. It doubled. Once again, in the bids, it was revised. It became 9,360 crores. So, you know what happens when project, projects are projects are delayed. You know that right now, it's about 18,000 crore. So, it has has gone up so much. Then what happened? 2016, by this time, the government has changed in the state also. 2016, the Maharashtra government secured funding for the project from the Japanese. Now, the Japanese, it is the Japan International Cooperation Agency or JICA, which also gave money, lent money for the Delhi metro. They put up the money for this project. And then, Maharashtra government or MMRDA awarded fresh contracts for the link in 2017 on EPC model. EPC means you you give it to contractors who build it, but they don't run it. And that's how construction started in 2018. In these cases, essentially, it's the government which is taking the risk. Now, there also, on the project also, while the project has come up, governments have had to cut corners. The initial project also included a metro line. That if you have a metro line, that will that will complete its connectivity value. But then it was considered too expensive, too expensive. It had a metro line also. It's been dropped for the time being. It is sort of built in a modular manner. So tomorrow, if needed, because you have the right of way. Most important thing with infrastructure projects, particularly in India, it's not China. Is the right of way that you should have the land available, you should be able to work there. Also, in India, other complexities come up. For example, our municipal corporations, our, our electricity companies, our water agencies, they haven't quite kept the maps, updated maps of their pipelines, of their wirings, etc. So, once you start digging, particularly when you start digging, say for building a metro, you keep hitting wires, pipes, pipelines that. You never knew existed, and that causes its own compl- complications. So once you've sorted all of that out and you got the land in that area, that means you have the right of way. Once you have the right of way, then building something there, it's still expensive, and, but at the same time, it is less difficult. At least it's, or let me just say, let me just say, for, for want of a better expression, it is less impossible. It has it will still have trouble, but it's less impossible, impossible. MTHL further ran into environmental trouble. And that environmental trouble was that if you've seen pictures, in fact, if you can find a picture, we'll show it to you. Not far from where the MTHL begins on the Mumbai side, on Mumbai's eastern coast, eastern shoreline, not far from that, between that and, say, the Baba, Baba Atomic Research Center or the Trombay area, in the seas, there's a beautiful flamingos colony, beautiful pink flamingos. They breed there. Happily, and we know from scientific evidence that one reason, on Maharashtra coast, there are lots of flamingo colonies, chota-chota. But this place has become a much bigger colony because why? Flamingos prefer warmer waters for breeding. That They find that more friendly to breeding. And the water in this area is warmer because the Tarapur atomic power plant and the entire bit of installations in that area... They take in a lot of water for their cooling towers and then emit it. That water, as it comes out, is warmer. So the water along the coastline is warmer. And they've always, always had… Flamingos have gravitated there and built a sizable colony. So there was a fear that the construction of MTHL will affect the breeding of flamingos. That project was then given to Bombay Natural History Society. From what I understand, there were lots of other studies done. And as things stand, the number of flamingos in that colony, in spite of the construction, hasn't gone down. In fact, it's gone up considerably. Part of the reason also is that during COVID, there was so little interference from human movement in that area, in that precise area and around it, that maybe maybe the flamingos could breed in a little bit more peace than normal. The environmental clearance on account of the flamingo colony only came in 2012. So at each level, there were hurdles that needed to be cleared. I'm giving you all this detail to also explain to you how tough it is to build a major infrastructure project in India. Now we know something about the Harbour Link or the, or the Atal Setu. And through that, we also know about the challenges of building infrastructure. See what else is coming up in Mumbai. If you go to Mumbai now, it looks like nothing's ever been built in that, in that city before okay there were times when you saw massive construction say in what is called as the bandra kurla area bkc that is where the new financial district of mumbai is come in developed by mmrda also great contribution by ratnakar gaikwad a visionary IS officer who served as the head of mmrda between 2007 and 10 this was mostly marshy land which has been reclaimed and see mumbai has a new financial district. Suppose it had not come up. You can imagine what would have been the condition of South Bombay now. There the original financial district was located. Now, if you go to BKC, that's fully filled out. It has schools. It has some diplomatic missions. Almost every major bank, SEBI, Securities and Exchange Board of India they are there. All there, as is the big Ambani Art and Cultural Center and Museum. All of this has come up in this land. Similarly, there was another massive phase of construction in central Mumbai. Say in the Varli Parel, Lower Parel area. That's when the textile mills were sold and that land builders were allowed to Utilize, And that's where these big towers came up in, in central Mumbai, generally in central Mumbai. But all of this construction and building was in the private sector. What was lacking was government construction or state sector construction. Why do I say so? I'm not saying government should have been building also towers and making houses. No. Government's job it is to build infrastructure. Either build infrastructure itself or enable the building of, of infrastructure that wasn't happening one of those issues was the mumbai metro now mumbai metro mumbai was very late on the metro bandwagon if i may mix metaphors mumbai mumbai left it very late they only started thinking about it in 2004 or sometime and even then even then they did not look very ambitious the three lines already operational uh, they go through some of the most congested western suburbs and areas of mumbai so it's not as if they are all going through distant peripheral areas, but they are still not connecting to the heart of Mumbai. And for a metro system to be really successful, it needs interconnectivity. It needs a network. In fact, I will share with you the link of an article in a recent issue of The Economist, which talks about how the metro system in India is, is drawing such a poor ridership in most cities. In fact, even in Delhi, where it's the most popular of all the metros as yet, and the most comprehensive, it only has about 50% ridership. But together, these lines add up to 230 kilometers. If you look at Delhi, at this point, 393 kilometers is already constructed in and around Delhi. (coughs) Delhi and the suburbs, Gurgaon, uh, Noida, Greater Noida, Bahadurgarh side on the other side of Haryana. And another 102.4 kilometers is under construction. Again, if you want to see the level of ambition, Delhi has 69 underground stations. So, a lot of the Delhi metro is underground. In Mumbai, only 43.3 kilometers will be underground. In fact, of this, only one line, that is Metro 3 in Mumbai, that's the controversial line, which had its car shed at RA, so-called RA forest, which wasn't quite a forest. That was delayed because of activism a couple of years back under the Shiv Sena, under the Thakre Shiv Sena plus NCP plus Congress government. That is the only line which has a sizable underground section. So that line is 33.3 kilometers underground. The other two lines just have 2 kilometers and 8 kilometers underground respectively. So total underground length of Mumbai metro is 43.3 kilometers. MMRD is handling all the metro lines except one, that is Metro 3, that's the one with the car share at RA. So there is the Varsova Andheri ghatkopar line 11.4 kilometers, Dahisa East to Andheri East line 16.5 kilometers, Dahisa to and that is 18.5 kilometers, so 46.4 kilometers that is right now operational. But again, metros work when there is a lot of interconnectivity, you can change from one to the other and get from place A to place Z in quick time faster than it would take you by a car also in air conditioned comfort so i used to say i've written many times that look at mumbai it is india's financial capital the richest city in india pays the most tax in india but does not offer the commuter one seat in air conditioned commuting comfort that is the situation that the metro now is trying to change but again mumbai metro started rate and mumbai metro has some complexities now mumbai is major complexities in Mumbai and Maharashtra come from the multiplicity of agencies. Once again, I will share with you a story that Mansi Fadke had done, not for us, but before she joined us for the Indian Express, on what this multiplicity of agencies in Mumbai and also the tension between coalition partners then, that is NCP and Congress, how they are these are causing delays in Mumbai's infrastructure projects. So, MMRDA is the big daddy or big mummy, whatever you want to call it. Uh, MMRDA stands for Mumbai Metropolitan Region Development Authority. A bit like if you would say, if you would say an NCR development authority. <clears throat> so it's meant to improve connectivity in Mumbai, in the Greater Mumbai area, but also between the neighborhood of Mumbai and Mumbai itself. The third line is being handled by MMRC. It's a new corporation set up where MMRDA is a partner, is, a, is an equity holder. But MMRDA lets MMRC be free. So MMRC is Mumbai Metro Rail Corporation. So they are the ones building Metro 3. That is the line that was earlier affected by that RA delay, which fortunately has been, has been sorted out. In fact, that that part of the line between SEEPS and the next few stations, and also the car shed at RA has now been built. And chances are that by April, May latest this year, that At least that part of Metro Three will be opened and it will be up and running. So MMRDA is the big one. Next is MSRDC, as I told you, that was set up, that was the brainchild, or that was the baby of Nitin Gadkari. There is always competition between MSRD, MSRDC, and MMRDA, and then MMRCL. I told you the agency that's implementing implementing the third Metro. Then there is SIDCO. SIDCO, another important agency involved here. It is the city and industrial corporation it is the planning and development authority for all of nambi mumbai that sidco is then involved in the construction of the new mumbai airport although it's being built by the private sector again there were many 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 delays in the upa era there were environmental delays then there was env- environmental clearance although it came much too late in the UPA tenure, after that there were other issues that came up, and construction only started lately. Look like, looks like the first part, or at least the first runway and the basic action at the Navi Mumbai airport will begin later this year, by November or December this year. Again, it's a project which had been which which had been conceived, which had been thought of and planned in the Congress UPA era era, but it's coming to it's coming to life only now. If you go up in a helicopter and and look around mumbai island the island city you will find construction on both sides so there's construction on the eastern side that is the mumbai Link, but on the other side the western side again you see feverish construction that is the mumbai coastal road that's coming up the idea of the coastal road came in later initial idea was a ceiling a ceiling running right across that coastline of mumbai going right up to Varsova in distant suburbs coming up to Nariman Point. Now, one part of that was built. That also took eight years building. That is the small bit, which is now called Bandra Bandaravarali ceiling, named after Rajiv Gandhi. Now, that took eight years building. And there were many disputes. Fishermen who wanted the location shifted. When that happened, other environmental issues came up. That that happened. Then disputes between the concessionaire and the builder and, and the government came up. So all of that took time. Now that was only a small part of what was to be a ceiling running right along that coast. That was then dropped as being too expensive or also being too challenging. That was dropped and Prithviraj Chavan as Chief Minister is the one who decided that on this coast, Mumbai should have a coastal road. So that coastal road is coming up. So, So the construction that you see on the western side is the coastal road. Once again, it dealt with many 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 de- delays it doesn't have that much land acquisition only a tiny bit maybe a little bit of reclamation and little bit of acquisition but only tiny bit but environmental issues came up and and aesthetic issues came up because a lot of people said this will look ugly this will block the view from my house that is in fact the reason, one of the reasons that the ceiling also did not come up ceiling or or also at least at least a bypass kind of, upper level, upper level flyover in Pedder Road area because that would have blocked the view for some important people living in that area. At that point, the opposition was also led by a very prominent voice of Mumbai, that being late Lata Mugeshkar. So all of that didn't happen. Now this coastal road is coming up. Once again, looks like in the next few months, this co- coastal road will also be inaugurated. So this year, you notice, you've seen stories that Mumbai has had very poor air quality. One of the reasons Mumbai has such poor air quality this year, which is uncharacteristic of Bombay, because Bombay gets sea breeze and it clears out a lot of the muck that gathers from cars and other things. And Mumbai doesn't have so much dust, not like Delhi, not like like North India. One of the reasons or the main reason Mumbai has this level of pollution this year is because all these construction projects are going on. So once again, by the end of this year, when these projects are over, one is now ended, we know MTHL. Once the other projects also come to a, come come to a conclusion, hopefully this this kind of massive construction also would be completed, and Mumbai's air quality might also go back to what it used to be. At the same time, it will become definitely become a much more efficient city, easier to work in, easier to live in, and, and most importantly, for the hardworking working class of Mumbai, they will be comfortable commuting and. Hopefully, as more areas open up, as Navi Mumbai or the mainland opens up, as the new territories, Kowloon and then new territories opened up beyond Hong Kong, hopefully, housing will come up and all all of that will be much cheaper. It will bring down the cost of living in the greater Mumbai area as well. And before I let you go, I have one more thing to share with you. These days, you might have noticed once in a while, once every few weeks, I tell you the story of an interesting person, interesting, important, significant person who I might have known, who I might have written about, interviewed, interacted with. For example, just the other day, I, I, I told you about Bala Sahib Thakre and my interactions with him. So I will, in the same spirit, give you a few more as we go along. So please, please be warned. In fact, this week, that's that's this Saturday, the 13th is the death anniversary, sixth death anniversary of one of our greatest war heroes. That is General, Lieutenant General J.F.R. Jacob, Jake to his friends. So I will, also, I will also give you a video on him, which, which will be published sometime on Saturday evening.